This is WDET, your source for news, music, and culture in Detroit. Please protect your source for on-demand programs, podcasts, and radio programs that you can experience whenever and wherever you choose. Make a gift today at WDET.org. Welcome to the Detroit Evening Report weekends, where, unlike DER during the week, where we focus on the news of the day, more timely news, we like to spend some time on the people and places that truly make Detroit special. Today, we have brought Jerome Vaughn into the studio. Listeners of DER will be familiar with him from the Tuesday DER Reports. But there's so much more to know about Jerome Vaughn. Welcome, Jerome. Glad to be here with you. So what should we know about Jerome Vaughn and the awesome powers he holds here at WDET? Wow. Um, So many things to know. Uh, I've been here at the station since 1992. Started as an intern, uh, worked up through the news department in various capacities, have been uh, news director here since 2007, and as a result, have a you know an outsized role in shaping what goes on the air, uh, news-wise. Also, have my fingers in a lot of other pies here at the station to make sure that it's uh, going on and and bringing the best of of everything to Detroiters. Um, born and raised here in Detroit, uh, this is my favorite city. On the face of the earth, bar none, um, and um, that that's why I'm here. I want to tell stories about Detroiters, to Detroiters, and also to the rest of the world through uh, places like uh, NPR and the BBC, uh, so the rest of the world knows the truth about Detroit and not just what somebody in some other town makes up about the city. And so there was a lot in there. One of the things is that you are my boss. The other thing that listeners won't know is that the Detroit Evening Report is a Jerome Vaughn brainchild. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm very happy to uh, have had um, a spark of an idea, which uh, I got to bring to fruition along with you and Nargis and Tia and Hearns and uh, Dorothy Hernandez before she left. And the idea was that, um, you know, WDET is this regional radio station talking to uh, everyone within 60 miles of downtown Detroit on terrestrial radio and with an even larger uh, listenership around the world from uh, Detroit expats everywhere but really wanted to have something more for Detroiters, especially Detroiters of color. So, you know, the city is 90% people of color, uh, and and really to have something that spoke to them, um, that was about what they were interested in and what they needed to know uh, to get through their days. And so that was the idea behind the Detroit Evening Report. So you are returning from the Mackinac Policy Conference, 
And you've brought us a story from Mackinac. Tell us what you decided of the many conversations you saw and were a part of. Uh, Tell us what you thought was important to bring us today. Well, really, this this conference uh, has existed for a long time. What happens is um, Metro Detroit leaders, be it government or business, uh, go up to Mackinac Island and as I was starting to think about this conference that takes place every year, the idea came about why Mackinac? Why does everyone go up to Mackinac Island? So I had a conversation with Sandy Barua. Uh, he is the president and CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber, uh, and that's the organization that runs the conference every year. And I just asked him some questions about why this event exists, how it got started, and why Detroiters should pay attention, because um, the idea that came to me was, well, why isn't this in Detroit? Why um, do people have to go four hours away and then get on a ferry to have these conversations? Um, And so that's what we talked about. Fabulous. Well, let's listen to that. The Mackinac Policy Conference is actually very unique in the nation. Uh, We have looked high and low, and others have looked at us, and no one across the 50 states has something like it. And what makes it unique is that the Mackinac Policy Conference is an annual convening of our state's top leadership, philanthropic, political, civic, and of course, business, uh, that gather every year in one place that is inconveniently located for everybody, where you are essentially sequestered on an island with you know reasonable but not great cell phone service, certainly no cars, uh, and the only way to get to the island is via ferry or a small plane, uh, or if you're brave enough, I guess you could swim it, but, you know, uh, it is, again, it's inconveniently located, and the focus of the conversation is always on what are our state's opportunities and challenges, and what kind of alchemy can we create by putting all of these leaders from every corner of the state in the same place at the same time to address those opportunities and challenges. No one else does this. It, it is a unique situation. It is a unique conference. Um, again, for someone who is just hearing about this for the first time, why is this such a big deal? Why do we make such a big deal about this here in Detroit? Well, it is a first of all, it's a statewide conference, so you know, uh, obviously, it's it's uh, just as important to the folks in Detroit as it is in Grand Rapids or Travis City or Lansing, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the reason why people make a a thing out of it is that it has history. Uh, this isn't something that certainly I started. Uh, this was something that uh, our chamber, our organization, started uh, back uh, about the same time. The Ford Motor Company got started at about 1900, give or take a couple of years. Uh, and it has that kind of longevity. So the patina, the history uh, of it uh, is is just as important uh, as the agenda that we put together uh, every year. Uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we 
we have uh, people who look at this conference every year. Every year we have visitors from other states uh, coming to look at the Mackinac Policy Conference. And uh, two things come from those visits. One, they're always in awe. They're in awe of the size and the production value and who's there. Uh, but they're also uh, – they also come to the understanding that it is not replicable. Uh, you know, if someone were to try to start it today, if I were to try to start it today, uh, it wouldn't be anything like it is. If we go back in history just for a minute, you were talking about how a long time ago it was uh, on a cruise. It's been in, in Florida, at least for now. Why, why Mackinac as opposed to anywhere else in the state or, or elsewhere? Yeah. So it, it, the Mackinac Policy Conference is essentially a management retreat. At its core, that's really what it is. It is a management retreat for Michigan's senior leaders, again, philanthropic, civic, business, political, et cetera. And when you think about a management retreat, what's the first thing you think of? Well, it's a retreat. You know, you know, you really don't do management retreats in your office down the street. So the idea of having everyone having to make a real commitment to be there. So the fact that it is a four-hour drive and then a 20-minute ferry ride and then another 20-minute carriage ride just to get to the location uh, where this convening is taking place means that you are really invested uh, in that convening. You're just not popping in. I mean, I you know certainly you know when you know there's a lot of events. You know, we have a fabulous TCF center right down the road here uh, and. Other other great venues. And, you know, when I go to them, you know, I enjoy them. These are great facilities. But, you know, I'll be in my office in the morning. I'll pop over for maybe a luncheon session. And then <laughs> I'll, I'll come back to my office, you know, still wearing my blazer and, and my tie, right? You know, at the Mackinac Policy Conference, once you're there, you are there. You, you know, there's really not a lot of distractions because, you know, you're with everybody else. The other thing is, is that uh, you're not only there during the day, during the sessions, but you're all staying at the same place. So, you know, you're running into people kind of, you know, after work, you know, after the sessions, you're having a cocktail together or you're at the or yeah, any kind of cocktail, either a bourbon cocktail or a shrimp cocktail. Right. You're, you know, so you were creating these relationships and you can't do that if we did this in downtown Grand Rapids or if we did this in, you know, downtown Detroit, you know, people would go home to their houses in Bloomfield or Northville or wherever they live. Uh, and it would just completely change uh, the dynamics. How does that dynamic that you mentioned, how does it exhibit itself? What gets done at the conference that can't get done anywhere else? Every year we have a to-do list that the conference chair, and this year it's Matt Elliott, the Michigan market president for Bank of America, and myself uh, will create a to-do list that we will make public, and then we'll, we hold ourselves accountable uh, for doing things. Um, the other parts that we control are, you know, what's on the agenda? What are we trying to highlight? What kinds of ideas are we trying to bring bring out? And that includes things like, uh, you know, the Gordie Howe International Bridge. That has been on the agenda for a very, very long time, and we got it done. 
right? You know, regional transit. You know, regional transit has been on the agenda for a very, very long time. And in 2016, the chamber, with the support of the Kresge Foundation and Roger Penske, led um, uh, an effort that just fell short of being able to have, for the first time, real strong regional transit uh, in in the Detroit area. So those are the formal kinds of things. Uh, another example I would say is that you know we, you know we use it for legislative signings. I mean, so the um, you know the governor signed the the car insurance reform uh, bill. I think that was in 2019. You know, so it's a great way to celebrate that. We're, this year we're going to be celebrating uh, the distracted driving bill, which was one of our to do items um, that the governor just just enacted. Then there's the informal part of the agenda, and that is business people making contacts with other business people or with university presidents, you know, with, uh, with po- politicians from other parts of the state that, you know, they would have to have their executive assistants go back and forth for months uh, in order to get, you know, a half hour together. But you can just walk up to someone, you know, at the porch at the Grand Hotel and say, hey, I've been meaning to talk to you. Can I talk to you about X? Right. Um, And people say that they get more done in the two and a half days at the Mackinac Policy Conference than they do, you know, uh, in six months. That was Sandy Barua, president and CEO of the Detroit Regional Chamber, uh, speaking with Jerome Vaughn, our our guest today. It's a really interesting discussion, Jerome, because you can hear Sandy Barua pointing to um, policy that that he associates with the Mackinac Policy Conference, policy he feels has come out of the Mackinac Policy Conference. But when you do think about who is able to participate, who is a part of those discussions, um, there's a question of whether policy really should come out of a space like that, who gets to participate in those discussions? I, I think that's an, an excellent observation. Um, you know, many of the folks who go to the conference are, are heavy hitters, right? You, you have folks like uh, uh, Bill Ford Jr. Uh, was there. You have folks like Mayor Duggan, uh, Governor uh, Whitmer, uh, other you know, weighty people who wield a lot of influence here in Michigan. Add that to some people with national prominence who come. Uh, Mark Cuban, uh, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, came and gave uh, a, a speech. Uh, Liz Cheney uh, came and, and was on the stage. So there's a lot of weight uh, on the island uh, during that time, coupled with the fact that um, attendance at the conference, uh, you know, is $2,900. That does not include accommodations or anything like that. So there are questions about uh, access and um, ability to really get regular Detroiters in the mix. Um, and so those questions have been around for a while, and um, Sandy um, was cognizant of that, that that was going to be part of the ongoing conversation. Um, towards that end, the chamber has done a few things. They 
invite uh, journalists to come and cover what's going on up there. And uh, news is made sometimes. Mayor Duggan's plan for uh, reducing uh, property taxes for homeowners and increasing taxes on uh, empty lots, that was unveiled there at the conference this year. But I think the other thing that uh, the conference uh, has done is they've started live streaming sessions so that people can watch what goes on on the stage and um, get some sense of what's going on there. At the same time, that does not give uh, Detroiters that same level of access uh, as uh, the attendees have with each other or, you know, even journalists have that, you know, I could walk up and, you know, talk to uh, the mayor. I could walk up and talk to Bill Ford Jr. and ask for an interview. And they can, of course, talk to each other, um, you know, o- over dinner. Um, and that's how things get done on the island. Did it feel like voices were missing? Yes. Um, One of the things that uh, I I had a conversation with another journalist, uh, and one of the things that he pointed out, which was really true, was that of the discussions on stage and at dinners and elsewhere was a lack of young people, right? That most of the people on the island... Uh, were over the age, I'm going to guess, 35 or 40, uh, you know, because these are people who've worked their careers and have made a splash and have risen up the ladder um, so that, you know, youth is not heavily represented. uh, And there aren't a lot of just sort of normal Detroiters. There aren't uh, folks from block clubs there. Um, They restrict the attendance to 1,500 people. It's got to be 1,500 people who have or have access to uh, $2,900 for um, half a week. Did you encounter any people or organizations that uh, were from Detroit and perhaps made a special effort to represent on Mackinac? You know, maybe there were nonprofits or activists who were able to show up that we might not expect. Yes, there were uh, a number of uh, representatives of you know Detroit organizations. Uh, Portia Roberson, who runs Focus Hope, was there on the island having conversations with people. Uh, I spoke with uh, Wendy Jackson, who's the Detroit. Um, program manager for the Kresge Foundation. She was there on the island having a conversation. And uh, Amani Harris uh, was there on the island with the group um, 482 Forward. Uh, and she was there. She was on a panel, the, the panel with the young people, uh, talking about things that need to happen in Detroit. And uh, we both know Amani very well because she spent some time here at WDET. She did. You, you know, one of the questions that, that I asked Sandy, you know, was uh, what what gets done during the conference. And, and I think it can't be understated, and, and Detroiters should pay attention to this, that it's the conversations that happen uh, at dinner or, um, you know, after a session in the hallways of the Grand Hotel, those 
conversations have as much impact, if not more, than what's happening on the stage. Uh, and, and the reason for that is um, people are able to have conversations, have real conversations with each other without worrying about being watched in the same way. Um, so yes, there, there's, there, there's some concerns about that, but on the other hand, it, it's a way that you can have, uh, you know, bipartisan conversations or uh, conversations that reach across a divide uh, without people having to posture, without people having to uh, look a certain way or talk a certain way uh, so their constituencies uh, don't get angry. And so that is something that I, I think uh, does work positively uh, from the conference. And it's something that I think Detroiters should keep an eye on with what comes back from the conference, right? Um, you know, if they get a chance to watch the live stream uh, next year, for example, to, to watch some of that live stream, to listen to some of the ideas uh, on the stage, listen to some of the attendees and what they have to say. And when the attendees come back to Detroit, have some conversations when there is access with those lawmakers, with those business leaders about, all right, you said this on the island. What are you doing about it? You said this on the island. How soon is that going to happen? And so there, there is a way, uh, a limited way of sort of having some input and, you know, keeping attendees accountable. So there's this idea, this management retreat idea, the idea of sequestering essentially uh, people in power from business and government, et cetera, and giving them access to each other. So we talked about how hard it, it is for um, other people to access this event. Is there some other way in the world that people who don't have access on the island get access to these discussions? Right. The thing that uh, Sandy Barua really stressed was that um, this is this is a management retreat. Uh, its purpose is really for business leaders to convene and talk about things without the distractions of their normal lives, uh, and that's the focus. And he would say. Um, you know, the access is through being able to watch it on the live stream, but it is not it is not a public forum. It is not a public event. Uh, and the chamber is not a public entity. It's a private organization. Um, I think, though, he is sensitive and the organization is sensitive to those ideas. One of the things they came up with uh, several years ago is to have a Detroit policy conference uh, that happens here in the city. Uh, folks like the governor and other business leaders attend that. Uh, it is uh, much cheaper to attend. And there's a lot of access, a lot more access uh, for Detroiters to have. Is it the same event? No. Does it have the same impact? Um, it hasn't yet, but 
it, it is relatively young compared to the Mackinac uh, Policy Conference, and we'll have to see uh, down the line what sort of larger effect it has. Um, but I think they, I think the chamber is sensitive to that, while at the t- same time maintaining that this is not a public forum. Its audience is not uh, the residents of Detroit or the residents of Michigan as a whole. Yeah, that's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the Mackinac Policy Conference continues, especially as um, many young people seem to believe that what they want to see and do as leaders themselves is not focus on things like grandeur and expense. They really want to have things look different in the future. I don't know if you've heard any discussions around this in particular, but it'll be interesting to see how this policy moves forward. I, I haven't heard any uh, conversations about that, but I, I think you've hit the nail on the head is that, um, you know, the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island has been the site of the conference for a long while, and um, people of youth did not pick that venue, and people of youth are not heavily attending that venue, so... We'll have to see um, how it how it goes. Um, I think it'll really come down to, you know, what do the business leaders uh, want? What image do they want to project? Um, how do the government leaders fit into that mix? Uh, and as folks who are younger now move up in the business world, move up in the government world, what sort of change uh, do they want to affect? just as far as that one conference goes. Well, thank you, Jerome Vaughn, for joining us today and for collecting this information for us from the Mackinac Policy Conference and Sandy Barua. Glad to be with you. Uh, It was a very busy week with a lot of long, very, very long days. Uh, And I think we'll we'll have some more... um, interviews from uh, the island in the weeks ahead. Fabulous. Well, thank you, dear listener, for joining us for the Detroit Evening Report weekends, where we spend some time on the people and places that make Detroit special. If there is something happening in your neighborhood or someone you think we ought to know about, drop us a line at Detroit Evening Report at WDET.org. We'll see you Monday.